Hello everyone, welcome back to the Jack Ravel Show. Today we go deep, that's right, deep into the mind, body and soul to explore the strategies for success, happiness and staying positive. Now this subject has been widely talked about because of this year, so I thought I would get the best in the business to come on and talk about it. James Grandstrom, model, meditator and well-being coach who hosts the fantastic podcast Super Soul Model Series, joins me to really focus on the conditioning of the human mind. James and I have dived into this many times over the years, but today is super special. We learn how to use simple techniques to find clarity, calm and comfort in what has been a bit of a shit show of a year. It's safe to say that he is a man on a mission when it comes to positivity and his stories and metaphors for life reflect that in today's episode. We highlighted the origins and the reasons behind meditation, how to focus on the positives, successful strategies to condition the mind and how to plant roses in a pile of shit, quite literally. Along with a load of other spiritual mind, body and soul shit that really, really gets you thinking. In other news, this episode of the podcast is brought to you by none other than Unlimited Alcohol-Free Beer, the best beer on the market that won't leave you with a dirty hangover, an empty wallet, 14 unexplained stains on your shirt, a missing shoe, a feeling of utter regret, and probably some explaining to do to your neighbors because, yep, that's right, it's alcohol-free. Oh, and it's only 23 calories. Oh, and it's practically a health drink. So, yeah. I just got myself 50 bottles for my Christmas shenanigans. And you can do the same too by heading over to www.unlimited.beer and entering the code JACK15 for 15% off everything online. So that's www.unltd.beer and enter the code JACK15 for 15% off everything. Do yourself a favor and your neighbors a favor and pretty much everyone else in your life a favor and go and order some. I promise you will not regret it like the dirty hangover you used to have. Anyway, now it's time for the cool, calm and collected wisdom of James Grandstrom. So James, what is the strategy to success, happiness, and staying positive in times like these? Well, the the secret, Jack, is more simple than you can imagine. It's just trying to find something to feel good about. It's to focus your mind on something that feels good. And there's plenty of things to look at that feel really, really good. And there's also plenty of things to look at that feel bad, so to speak. But you just got to narrow your focus on what feels good in your life and just give that your undivided attention. Because as somebody who also is a wonderful podcast host, the the Super Soul Model Series, who I've, I've listened to your podcast so many times over and I've had you on a previous show that I used to be on. We talked about exactly this topic and yet that was before the world went into a complete and utter meltdown. So yeah. I'm interested to hear your thoughts on what this this year has done for you in that mindset well <laughs> great question jack this this year is unlike any year that we've ever had i mean uh, you know 2020 has been what some people would consider a write-off but i call it a setup i like I call that it a setup s- i call it a setup you know 2020 if you look at the numbers they're a mirror they're a mirror of what's going on inside and they're a mirror of what's going on outside so if I'm getting goosebumps as I'm saying this. (laughs) So if you're not feeling great inside, the outside world is going to reflect that. 2020, it's a mirror, right? You know, you've got your 2020 vision. If you've got clear-mindedness, you're going to see it as a setup. So for for persons such as myself and such as your good self, we try to take this opportunity of adversity and try to turn it into something positive. And, you know, we always revere athletes we always revere people who've been on the brink and managed to turn it around like a comeback story so why not use this as an opportunity like myself has and your good self has to turn it as an opportunity to put a spin on it and turn it into something positive 
where you can help and add value to the world in positive, powerful ways in which people can get out of their heads and into this victim mentality and into a place where you realize you are something more than just a victim. You're a creator. And you create by the power of your thoughts, you create by the power of your focus, and you create by what you're giving your attention to. But more importantly, you create by your tone, your tone, which is your mood and your emotional output that you're putting out into the world. So if you're feeling good, that's what you're putting out. If you're looking to add value into the world, that's what you're putting out. If you're putting out like stress, fear, anxiety, angst, which we all have, we've all been there. I know I have. That's what you're putting out into the world. And that's what will be reflected back. So keep it simple. Focus on what's important to you and how you can help other people. But in the process, how you can help yourself feel good and happy on a moment-to-moment basis, which is a work of art in itself. <laughs> Absolutely. I, like I, I found this year to be an interesting one. And it's because so many people are on two sides of the fence. A lot of people I've spoken to are just like, this is the worst year of my life. Everything's gone tits up. I can't believe that, you know, I've lost my job. Like I've got sick. You know, I know people that have kind of lost their life. Like well, it's, it's, it's wrong and abysmal and like it's all gone tits up. But then on the flip side, there's, there's actually a lot of people I know who have had the best year of their life. And those people have either started businesses or they've realized that the, what job they were in was the worst, that it was, was crap and they wanted to change or they've met someone or they've moved to another country or they've moved back, like whatever it might be. They've, they've had a, an incredible time this year. What separates those two people? Like what, what is the difference between somebody who's had the worst year of their life and the best year of their life? Not, not in terms of the circumstances, but just the mentality. Like what, where is the difference there? Well, it's really, a, a, it's a conditioning, mate. It's a conditioning that you get from when you're a child. It's your conditioning of your environment. And it's a condition of what you're feeding your mind on a day-to-day basis. So if you're feeding your mind uplifting things, you're going to be drawn to things and see things on a positive spin. But if you are giving your attention to things going wrong, then that's where your mind's going. Your mind is a, such a powerful tool. I consider it and always talk about it on my shows Um which is it's your driver it's the driver do you want to be the driver or do you want to be the passenger of your life if you look at the external world you'll be a passenger but if you if you want to take care of what you're putting in your mind feeding it beautiful images feeding it uplifting things feeding it inspiration feeding it victory stories of people who've gone before you've done something brilliant and what that's what you're giving you're, you're giving your mind to possibility like for me on my show Everything that I'm about is about helping people turn from pain to possibility. And when you turn pain and you turn it 180, you've got a possibility mindset, which means is something's possible here. Something good can come out of this. That's why I called it this year as a setup. It's a setup for possibility, new possibilities. Because if you accept the old paradigms in the world, which looks as though they're breaking down on so many different levels, whether it be, you know, just look at the news, it will tell you everything. <laughs> But this has been going on for decades anyway. There's always something new. But if you can just see things as a new possibility, when, when things break down, when there's destruction in your life or when there's, you know, problems, you know, that, can you see that as fertile ground for something better to come out of it? Because I don't know if I've ever told you this story, but when I was a kid, my grandma used to pick up horse manure. We stopped the car. She'd get out a bucket and spade. And she'd be like, darling, we're going to pick up the manure. And I'm like, oh, grandma, why are we doing this? I just want to go home for, you know, afternoon tea or whatever it was. Um, my grandma was a cordon bleu chef. She was the most amazing chef. And she was like, darling, we're picking up the manure. I'm like, oh, no. Oh, no. How embarrassing. You know, I can't remember how old I was. I was like eight or something like this. But this happened more than once, Jack. This happened more than once. And we happened to live in an environment where there were a few horses kind of nearby where I grew up in Cobham in Surrey. Hop, skip and a jump from you, mate. Absolutely. And um, beautiful part of the world, but a lot of horse manure on the roads from time to time. <laughs> but my grandma, aside from being a wonderful chef, Cordon Bleu chef, she was a gardener. She used to love roses. And this is what she said to me. And this is how my young mind would take it. She said, darling, we're picking up manure because they're fertilizers for the roses. And I was like, oh, so my young mind would see it as this. We pick up shit <laughs> to use it as fertilizer to grow something beautiful in our lives. 
So that is how my mind has seen it. And my friends used to say to me when we were at university, getting leathered, getting pie, which I don't do anymore, but it was really fun at the time. They always used to say, how come you always come out smelling of roses? And I was like, wow, that's quite interesting. So I connect the dots back and I go, wow, that's quite an interesting story of what my mind was fed as a little kid. Or even better, how my mind interpreted that. So if we're going to take it into your life, into the lives of the listeners here, see the shit in your life as fertilizer for something beautiful to come. Now, let's just use 2020 as fertilizer for something more beautiful to come like the roses that will come in bloom maybe next year or the year after. But see it as that. And if you can imagine just to see that as that, then you'll be setting yourself up for probably the most remarkable upcoming year or two going forward. That is one of the best metaphors I've, I've heard about this year, genuinely, because I've heard so many people talk about it in terms of looking forward, right? You just like you just said, just this time from now or looking back and going what do i want to say i achieved in 2020 right and let's be honest 90 percent of the population of the world are probably going to say well i got through all of tiger king uh i smashed through three other series on netflix um i ate my house and home cereal and basically got through all of my boxer shorts in uh, in a whole year because that's all i did and spent the entire time at home but then you're going to get a very small proportion of people who are like actually i learned a language last year or I built a business, or um, I, I spent more time with my family, or I quit the job that I didn't like, or whatever it is that that kind of defines that time of year for you. And you're right, right now you can't see it, but in a hundred, you know, in, in a year, two years, three years time, you're going to look back and think, I'm so glad that I I, I took the opportunity and and used you know the the setup that 2020 was to create the life that I actually want moving forward. It's it's as I've said to quite a few people before it's given us the opportunity to just stop and pause and appreciate what we actually have in life because a lot of it has been taken away a lot of it has been taken away and when it comes to being grateful and and i suppose being thankful for what we've got we actually don't need that much and materialistic this and kind of status that it's it's pointless if you if you if you're in a position where you've got you you, all you look after is your health and your family and and the people that you care about around you so yeah i think losing that manure using that shit for this year yeah then grow those roses for next to next two mate i love that i think that's a that's a really good metaphor looking forward and remember roses are perennial so whatever you plant you know they'll come back again and again so it doesn't matter just because you had one experience of manure in your life you can use that as a perennial blooming for something greater exactly you know so it doesn't just have to be for you know oh two years time something great will happen or one year's time it will come every year because of this experience you know, this experience that's caused, you know, people to really take care of their health, to take care and connect with their families, to take care and spend more intimate time with people they really care about, whether it be on the phone, FaceTime or in person, uh, or maybe even devouring some new information, as you mentioned, like learning a language or something. You only experience uh, the greater part of your life when you're actually learning and growing. You want to learn and grow. That's part of, you know, like we've got three tenets of our being, freedom, growth and joy and if one of those is a little out of sync somewhere you're going to feel a little like you've got a missing link going on so you know the freedom that you've got this year should be used for growth and that growth stimulates joy and when you're adding value to people that's growing like what you're doing on this show and what i'm doing on my show that's adding value that helps us grow and you know whether it be any issues that you have in the growing process of learning to create a beautiful business that helps hopefully millions and millions of lives, there's joy that will be the byproduct of that because you're helping other people. So it's the contribution. You know, just, That's exactly it's contribution. It. It's like Maslow's needs, you know, it's just but the, the contribution is really what we as human beings where we feel true fulfillment and satisfaction. True fulfillment and satisfaction. So just find something that you love to do. If you're having a hard time right now, it'll be like, find something you love to do. So you pick your energy up and think, well, where can I add value to someone else's life today? 
what do I have and what can I do that's unique that I could add value and contribute to the well-being of someone else? And you will feel naturally uplifted. It's a quick way to tap into what I call your natural state of well-being. You're absolutely right. Like the the gift of reciprocity, you know, if you do something for someone else and don't expect anything back, the feeling you get from that is just is just second, it's just amazing. But then at the same time, people think that you have to take, take, take and and you know get everything for you. But if you give, 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 you actually get so much more in return that you don't even don't even expect. And it may not come in the same form. You know, you may give someone some money and it might come back in a favor or you give someone some time and it will come back in money or whatever it might be. But it, it always yeah. comes back in some way, you know, whether you believe in karma or, you know, whatever it is. I, I, I certainly believe that, you know, you do you do what's right for you and, and right for others and, and everything will work out for you in, in, in the end. It's uh, yeah, it's it's the way the world goes around. It's, it's good. It's good. I'm um, a firm I'm a firm believer mate, in, in the universal laws. There's a law of nature. You could call it the you, you know, you could call it the universal laws or the laws of nature. It's like the sun is always shining somewhere. It's always yeah. giving. It doesn't ever stop. So it's like life is always giving to you. But you, are you in the receiving mode? And when you're in the receiving mode, that means you have to be in what Abraham Hicks would call you know that state of well-being, that art of allowing. I call it the state of well-being because it's your natural receptive state. And that's when you feel good. And it just means there's less resistance going on. And when there's less resistance going on, you're able to, 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 to just take in all the well-being of life. And number one, you feel good. There's less cortisol in the body if we're looking at it scientifically. And your brain is just wide open. And you get to see things with your eyes that you didn't even recognize before. Now, I'm not always there, but I'm there a lot. And I always try to teach people how to get into this space. But I'll talk about that a little bit later. But this space is where you want to live because when you live here, it's magical. But it because, does take like playing an instrument. You're like fine-tuning your instrument. And that's it. You know, I've always, for those listening, James and I have known each other for a long time. And I have always known James to be a very calm, very very just chilled and 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 just so in the present moment type guy and and it's great because he's he's wonderful to talk to but also wonderful to watch in that respect and we did a show about a year ago together um whereby you fill us in on your journey through finding that stillness that meditation that kind of point of where you now now you now do that on a daily basis am i right 100% yeah for a long time and it's a ritual. It's a habit. It's part of your, it's like brushing your teeth. You do it every single day. Now, I would love to hear this story again, and I'd love to share it with the listeners. But would you just fill us in on kind of, first of all, what what meditation and what kind of bringing stillness to your life does for you? And then how you do it? Well, stillness, stillness, creating stillness um, is a beautiful thing, but it's an art. Right. Mm. So stillness just means that there's less thought activity going on. Now, our mind is always wanting to be stimulated. We have brilliant, beautiful, fantastic minds. Your mind is either your best friend or your worst enemy. Because if we look at the, the secret and the law of attraction, if we just take the word law of attraction and swap it and use the word momentum, if you think, it, if you think a negative feeling thought, that's going to take you on a spiral. And then you, it seems as though your thoughts are thinking themselves, which is why there's people with mental health problems going on. And I'm only saying that from depression, et cetera, et cetera, because I realized when I entered depression, that was my negative thinking going on a downward spiral and I didn't know how to get back out. But eventually, as I learned how to focus again and start being grateful, that's when the depression started to spiral in a new direction. I wouldn't say spiral, turn in a new direction. And what when I began to meditate, oh my golly, that's when... The thought, the thought noise just began to just simmer because I was able to focus on one thing at a time instead of like trying to be, oh, I'm a multitasker. You know, you get 10 points for being a multitasker. You, you, you get a thousand points if you can focus on one thing, but focus on, on undeniably because genius is just really the ability to focus on one thing for an extended long period of time. That's why we revere athletes. That's why we revere people who are able to be so consistent. So like I'm consistent in being single-minded. 
And I'm fascinated because I remember Bruce Lee used to say, be single-minded and have emotional content when you're doing your martial arts. And really what he's saying is, is that if you're adding emotion to something with a single-minded focus, you're going to draw that to you. So if you're chucking some good vibes out into the world and you're sending love from the heart, joy, well-being, excitement, enthusiasm, boom, that's what you're sending out to the world in a single-minded purpose. Now, that's what I try to do. In fact, that, that is my own personal discipline. Why do I do it? Because that helps me add value to the world. But at the same time, it's a win-win because I'm filling my body up with these good-feeling vibes. And I'm able to remain in such an incredible state of well-being that having any lack of energy seems extremely rare to me, even when something in your life happens, like for me, my dad passing about three weeks ago. So, you know, even the adversity, adversities of life, things will be like a blip, but then you'll just return to that good feeling state again. And that's what I'm always wanting to encourage people to get back to. So, because there's wisdom in here, there's it, there's like knowledge in here. There's this knowing about life and how it functions and how you function. And the most exciting person you'll ever meet is yourself when you're able to enter this still place. So stillness really is the ability to do that. Um, and, and, and it really helps your stillness helps transform the people around you. So that's some of the greatest benefits, you know, the people in your environment who you connect with or talk to or love, they pick up on this very subtly and they're like, Oh, I love your energy today. You always want to be around people who are fun and uplifting and calm. You don't want to be around people who are freaking erratic and, you know, wobbling everywhere. You know, that's not a nice place to be, is it? And, and, and I completely agree. There's one thing that I found in the last probably five, six years of my life that has come specifically from the world of technology that we live in, that you really notice when somebody is present, talking to you, keeping eye contact, really engaging with the conversation, enjoying what you're saying, contributing to what you're saying versus somebody who is kind of away a little bit. Maybe they're like tech checking their phone every couple of minutes or they're looking over your shoulder or looking through you rather than at you and not really concentrating on the conversation because they've got something on their mind, because they've got something that's going on, because they're waiting for something on their phone or they're worried about that Instagram post they just put out or the, you know, the meeting they've got in two hours time. Whereas you won't get anything from that if you're in that headspace. If you're just present and where you are in that moment and talking to the person you're there, not only will you get more out of it, but you'll enjoy it more. You'll enjoy the process. You enjoy the person. You'll connect with that person more. And as we know, and it's like history has proven this, but also science has proven this, that the thing that keeps people alive for longest isn't special medicine, isn't drinking green tea every day, isn't doing all that other like some stupid health exercise. It's people. It's human connection. There was a Harvard study. I don't know if you've seen this. There's a TED talk on it. It's really cool. There's a Harvard study that's been going since 1940-odd. And it was basically where they took a load of people at Harvard University and they did a test on them. And this test was like a written thing, like, you know, how happy are you, basically? And the, the whole thing is a happiness test. And they've tracked this same group of people ever since that, that first result in, in, in 1946. And there's only probably a handful of people left and they're all in their 90s and whatever now. And the common denominator between every single person that's alive now is that they've all got a loving family or they've got a great community, or they do something on a regular basis with other people. There were millionaires, billionaires, presidents. There were so there were successful people, if you know, on on in society's eye in in that group of people. But yet, didn't haven't lived to their mid nineties. Some of them older. The one thing that they all have in common is that they have got a family, friends, and a community around them that keep them keep them talking, keep them young, keep them thinking. And I'm sure they're all in the present moment and not worrying about their Instagram profiles. <laughs> <laughs> Mate, yeah, it's a, it's a lovely study. I haven't heard of that one before, but I have studied some people in Okinawa. There was this lovely, um, uh, beautiful island, like the tropical island of the south of Japan. And there are people who are centurions there, many of them. There's so many. There's a very, I don't know if you've heard of this study, but yeah, they all have like 10... 12 people they're all involved in the community the old people the elderly the centurions are all walking around they're all eating together they're all you know 
conversing with the little ones, every, picking people, kids up from school. You know, there's just this wonderful sense of like sharing and just camaraderie. And, and that helps keep the, the human spirit alive. You, the greatest gift isn't to just check out of this life, as some people say, and return to the cosmic bliss, even though you probably think it is, if you're looking at it from a soul perspective. But it's really to live this life fully. It's to live this life and, and realize how you actually function and function from this life in the optimal way. I mean, we haven't really been taught this at school, which is why I've had to go out and, and figure this all out by myself, being a guinea pig by myself and make so many errors. And I'm always wanting to give people the best part of a shortcut, but it's more likely, um, it's more than a shortcut. It's just, it's not so much a shortcut. It's a, a lifestyle change about how you think and how you be in the world because we're not human doings, we're human beings. And it's what we're being in the world. And it's that energy we're outputting into the world, which is which is either the which is the quality of our life. So if you can get in charge of your mind first, then once that's all sorted, you can get living inside the heart, and that's where the real magic is. Absolutely. And on that, I've I've, I've read something about that place in Okinawa, the Centurion. I think they call it the Blue Belt. There's quite a few places. Is that what the they world. call it? The Blue Belt. Yeah. I think they call it the Blue Belt. I think there's that Greece has got a certain aspect of it, and um, I think Cyprus have got some people. Anyway, the where these people live, they also don't believe in retirement. That's good, and I interest. I find that interesting because the word retirement. If I asked you, what do you, what does that suddenly spring to mind? Well, re- well, I mean, if I'm going to look at social conditioning, I can give you an answer, or you can ask me what I think. Yeah. So when I when when I look at retirement, in um, shall I give you the social conditioning answer and then my answer? Yes, please. Social conditioning answer is you retire at sixty-five or whatever it is, or is it seventy-five, and then that's it. You get your pension, and you know now you're entering your twilight years. In my in my in my mind, when I look when I hear the word retirement, I'm thinking you're beginning to expire. And look, that is interesting because if you took those two analogies and kind of combined them, I think some people would look at it and go, "Well, when you retire, yes, you of course you hit your your, your traditional age or whatever it is, sixty five or sixty eight these days, and you get your state pension and you you basically start uh, living." life i think a lot of people go oh life starts after a time because you can start enjoying the money you've earned and all the you know whatever but actually it also puts that thing in your mind of like i've stopped it's almost like you're going backwards from that point you've almost hit that you've hit the top of the mountain now you're coming down the other side and i think that that mentality can sometimes create people or start to make people think that they're 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 on the way out or that they're they're slowing down which if you think that way, coming back to what you were saying earlier, whatever vibes you're putting out there is what you're, you're, you're going to start believing. It's what you're going to start doing. You know, it's where, where your energy goes. Or where, sorry, when your energy, your energy goes, your focus flows, you know? So it's, it's, it's a real, I think it's a hard one because I think that when you retire, you should be enjoying yourself. But then what's to say you can't retire a couple of times in life? Yeah. You have a, like a retirement at like 30, retirement at 50 and a retirement at 70. <laughs> You know, for like exactly. a couple of years, and just do a bit of do what you would do when you when you retire normally, travel the world, have some fun. Yeah, right. Hey, <laughs> I you know, I'm a firm believer. I love that. It's just like just take a bit of time out. I'm retiring from this year. That's it. You know, like I'm going to take a retirement for this year because I want to go to Machu Picchu and do a little bit of South America. You know. Um, have you ever been to Machu Picchu, Jack? I have not. No, I'd love to. You're go. coming with me. We're going. And then we'll <laughs> do a little it. video at the top there because it's quite fun to just think. You know, I can, I can take some time out from my life. You, 2020 has been an opportunity for people to take some time out in their life. But now there's resistance building. I don't know if you feel it, but the resistance building is: I want to go back to work. I want to return to normal. I want things to be as they were, so I can move forwards. Why can't you move forwards right now with just a different think, a different thought? Just flip some thoughts on your head. And then you stop to create that resistance, which is building up and has been building up because it's now November. We're easing into December. There's lockdown in the UK. Um, and, and so now people are like, oh, I'm back to lockdown again. It's a bit easier this time than it was last time. However, there's still resistance going on inside the minds of people. And the reason being is because where's my freedom? to do what I normally do. Where's my growth? Where am I contributing? I don't know. I'm at home at the moment. 
where's my joy? Well, that's the byproduct of the first two, isn't it? And you're like, ah, oh, resistance, resistance, resistance. And when you have too much resistance in the body, your body will eventually show you an indication to say, kiddo, you're not flowing your natural well-being energy at the moment. And that's how people get disease, which is a body not at ease and a mind not at ease. That's it. And look, I think that there's a lot of people coming from a place of scarcity at the moment. And as I'm sure you know, and those that are listening that kind of understand psychology, if you come from a place of scarcity, you are you're, all you're going to get is is nothing really. You're gonna you're gonna constantly be looking for the things that are hurting you, the things that are going bad for you. You're going to become the victim, right? And yes, the scarcity element of our lives at the moment is 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 not great. You know, like you said, we haven't got freedom. We haven't got the joy to be able to do the things we want to do. You know, whatever it is, whether it's travel, see friends, go out for dinner, whatever it might be. But ultimately, you've got if you can flip that on its head and look at it from a place of abundance. Now, what have you got more of now that you didn't have? this time last year and if you ask yourself that question you start to think about okay well maybe i have got more time at home with my family maybe you're someone that worked you know 8 a.m to 8 p.m in the city and you didn't get home to see your kids before they went to bed now you work from home you can see them all the time that's a state of abundance uh, maybe you are saving money because you're not going out for dinners all the time and you you're not spending money on travel because you're working from home again place of abundance Maybe you are in a place where you've got insight on actually what life could be like if you spent more time doing the things you love rather than the things you don't love. And you have the abundance of being able to do those things in your own time and actually enjoy them rather than working for someone else or doing something you don't, don't, don't love. You know? And I think when you start having this place of abundance, you understand that whatever whatever cards that the you know life deals for you you can always turn it around to try and either bluff the hand or win the hand you know i look at this year for me has been a really crazy one as it has for everyone but i've also understood like i was just thinking a minute ago how we did a live like instagram live what was it a couple of months ago back in sort of july time yeah. and that was great we had a really good chat about all sorts of other bits and bobs and it was wicked but then what have we done now we've upgraded and, you know, we've talked about and we've come to, onto a podcast now and who knows what's next. It could be that you just move into something even bigger and better. But instead of looking at like, oh, I can't do anything because of this, this, this situation the world's in, you look at like, what can you do? And as soon as you switch that mindset from I can't to I can, it switches that brain to going, looking for the answer. It starts looking for what you can do rather than what you can't. Yeah, that's a really interesting concept. But remember, there's a little thing going on here called conditioning. Mm. And conditioning is being brought up from your environment when you were a kid. So you're programmed. Our brains are wired from your parents and the guardians in your environment from a young age. And if you've been told all your life, you can't do this, you can't do that, you're not enough there, you're not enough there, and your young mind, as my mind picked up when I was talking about my grandma with a manure, that's how my young mind picked it up. But what if you came... And your mom, your young mind, your, you've got siblings and, and your parent is favoring one child over the other. Then the other child who's feeling unfavored feels that they're not good enough mm. because just because their brother or sister did something better than they did in that moment. And so their young mind picks up, oh, I'm not good enough. So I'm going to have to work double hard to get the love of my parent to the approval. But then that transpires that you're going to have to work double hard out in life to get the approval of your boss. Mm. And so I'm going to stress myself into feeling approved. When actual fact, you could just change that thought and create and, and release all that angst and anxiety that's been building up from your child's mind, which is your inner child or your subconscious. It's the same thing. It doesn't really matter. So yes, I can do this or I can't do this is great. But you have to remember, if you've always been thinking I can't, it's way easier for you to go back to that thought that you'd always been thinking. And it's way harder to start this new transformation, this new route, this new way, because we are creatures of habit and we have to learn through repetition. And saying, I can, I can, I can, when you feel like I can't, I can't, I can't, you need to use your brain in another way. You need to ask it better questions because if you don't ask good questions, what's going to happen is your mind's just going to show you the filter where you actually can't do stuff. Mm. It doesn't care. 
it's the belief systems that we build on ourselves. Our beliefs yeah. are, are, are constructed of, in the stories that we tell ourselves, right? You know, the the way in which you see the world and the way that I see the world are completely different. We could have the same experience. We could both be um, having dinner at a restaurant, same food, same place, same time, but our experience of that dinner will be very different depending on how we see it. And that is down to of our course, beliefs. Mate, of course, and, yeah. and that's what makes... And our beliefs are really just the thought you keep thinking. And a thought you keep thinking becomes a belief. So, well, start a new thought and then just add to it. So it becomes a thought, you know, it becomes like a thought cloud. Mm -hmm. So that's why you can go into an environment and it feels really good because the thoughts and the emotions of the room feel really, really good. You're like, I like this pie. This feels really good. That's because everyone's happy to be there. That's thought form and emotion in a cloud. Conversely, you can go into an environment and go, oh, this feels a bit sketchy in here. That's because everybody's thoughts are out of alignment. Mm. And so if you're subtle enough to pick up that vibe, which a lot of us are, you'll just go, hang on a minute, this feels a bit wonky. I don't want to be in this room right now. You know, and then you'll find yourself leaving. Uh, you know, I've done that when I've gone, you know, been at university and suddenly there was a fight and I'd already left already. Do you know what I mean? And it's just like little things like that. You pick up going, hang on, this is not for me. I'm out. But it's really just about trying to find new feeling thoughts. Mm. How, how, how can you think a thought that feels better than what you've got? And that's why seeing 2020 as a setup is a, moves you from pain to possibility. Seeing it as a setup and giving you a story, an analogy, allows you to feed one side of your brain, which is the story to go, hang on a minute, okay, and then giving you an idea to see it as a setup. So you're using both hemispheres of the brain, the right side for the story and the left side, which is something logical. Mm. And that's how we feed our, that's how we feed ourselves to begin to create positive change through a good story and through a good instruction. Absolutely. And if you think about it simply, our thoughts are only ever in the present moment because a past experience is something that's happened. It's our memory of what that experience was. Now, going back to the the having dinner with you, with you experience, like that dinner could have been a great experience for me and a rubbish experience for you. And you would remember it in that way, even though I could say, yeah, I had the best dinner with James, but you could be, oh, no, I had the worst dinner with Jack. It's the same dinner, same thing, same place. We just had a different view on it. So our construct of our thoughts in the past will absolutely have a effect on our thoughts going forward because then next time we want to have dinner together you may have a different opinion on it than than i would because your experience of it last time wasn't that great but the wonderful thing about our thoughts going forward is that they're an imagination they're made up they are a complete fantasy because we don't know what's going to happen in the future so if you don't know what's going to happen next next week for example what's to stop you from planning that the week's going to be the best week ever versus it going to be a sh the shittest week ever. Because either way, you don't know that it's that what's going to happen because it's the future. You can't predict the future. So if you can pretend and you can visualize and you can imagine that your week's going to be the best week ever, how, how do you think it's going to turn out? It's going to turn it's out, yeah, it's going to be great. It's going to be awesome. And if, and if you think it's going to be the worst week ever, you're going to go into that. And again, it's like wherever your focus goes, your energy flows. And so you're going to be in a position where you're going to be having the worst week. And then it goes back to what you were saying before, that negative feedback loop. You know, you get something bad happens and you reassess it and you compare it and negative and negative and negative. And then you end up getting into a really bad state. I mean, if you want to cut your, there's, there's I want to go back to something you said earlier, which was if, if we had a dinner, and then the next time, you know, what's it going to be like? Well, that's why I have this certain habit that I do every single morning to set myself up about how I want to feel and how I want the day to go. Now, it's, it's a very focused habit that I do. And I write things down. I write things down how I want to feel for that day and how I want the certain activities I want to do, such as this podcast, to go. So I write an outcome of how I want it to go in the present moment. And I ask the universe or the universal mind or my mind, which is all the same thing, to help me so I get absolute clarity about how I want this to go. And then I've also got another list of the emotions I want to feel. I want to feel good. I want to feel happy. I want to feel relaxed. I want to feel ease. I want to feel confident. I want to feel powerful today. I want to feel in my flow. I want to see beautiful things. I want to receive an unexpected gift today. 
And so I set my mind up every single time. Now, if I'm going to go out for dinner with you again for the second time, and the first time was a bit wobbly, I'm going to say this. I want to have the most wonderful meal and have such a laugh with Jack. And I want us to both go away having had a win-win meal where everybody's happy. I always say this and do this before I enter something important, a next segment, whether I go to a casting or I'm on a job or I'm doing an interview or I'm being interviewed. I set my mind up for success by being absolutely single-minded about what it is that I'm wanting to have experience in that next chapter of my life. Because like I said before, you're either a victim or a creator. And in the word create, all you're doing is just moving the C around, which is how you're seeing things. So see things differently and you'll become a creator. Otherwise, you're just a reactor, oh, it's like- which, is, which is you're reacting to what happened last time. And most people are reacting to what happened last time. So if this is what happened last time, there's the same... My grandma, your mother-in-law story. Oh, you know, she was a donut last time. She's going to be a donut this time. But that person's a knob. Okay, that's because you're looking at the energy you were outputting the last time you saw them. Now, when you do something like that exercise that I do, and after you've done a meditation, after you've got yourself in a good feeling mood, after you've done some exercise or whatever, however you start your day up, do it after that. So your mind is in a really good place then you get some real clarity on what you're wanting to output. You're going to be mesmerized by what happens to you. Absolutely mesmerized. And I would say 100% do not believe anything I've just said in the last two, three minutes <laughs> until you try it yourself. Because I'm not a teacher. I'm merely showing you a way. But you have to have your experience and that experience is your teacher. And that's always what I say on my shows, on my podcast, Super Soul Model Series. Because the experience is the teacher, not words. That that I heard a quote the other day, which fits so nicely into this, which is you can borrow knowledge, but you can't borrow experience. You know. And it and it's so true because you can read as many books as you want about business, about meditation, about building a house, whatever, but you can't you can't experience it until you've tried it until you've actually put whatever you've learned into action and given it a go for yourself to see how it works for you. And the wonderful thing about that is that it will work sometimes better for you, maybe sometimes worse, but the great thing is you can iterate and you can change and you can become, you can make your own version of that knowledge that you've borrowed from somebody else. Cause that's all knowledge is. It's just been passed through the ages and somebody's rewritten it in a way that has made to understand slightly better in, in this day and age, but the experience you cannot, you cannot replicate that. So people listening, how, how can they experience what you do every morning to set yourself up for the day? How can you experience? Well, there's a, there's a couple of ways. Well, I'm starting a new thing soon, which is like uh, next week I'm going to do on Tuesday, I'm going to do uh, teach people how to learn how to meditate. I think that the meditation is the, the link that will sort most people out. It sorted me out. <laughs> I used to drink a lot, party hard. I used to live, I was very reckless, a real party animal. And 17 years ago, since I started meditating like twice a day, like the most incredible things have happened as a result of. Now, not to say that there haven't been challenges, but you realize that you're more of a creator than a reactor to life. So prior to that 17 years, I was awakening on my spiritual journey, which means I was asking bigger questions, which is, who am I? Why am I here? Is there anything else going on? There's got to be something else going on than just the news because it's so boring and dull. I, I felt like that there was the world felt lackluster. And I had to ask the question, is there anything else? And that's when my spiritual awakening happened. But that led me to meditation because I was asking a question, which is, remember, when you ask a question, you get an answer. So the better questions you ask yourself, the better answers you're going to get. Is there another way I can live life that's better than what I'm doing? And that's when I learned, you know, that's when I was led to meditation and I got three signs in a week and I was just lucky enough to be like, oh, I've had three people tell me about meditation this week. And so what I'm wanting to do is share with people how to meditate really easily and know that you are having the experience of meditating when you're doing it. So what I'm going to do is create a free webinar where people can come on and learn how to meditate with me. And it will be like limited spaces, but I'm going to share it with you on the show here. So 
people can get the link to the tickets as and when it's when it's ready and i think it's going to be next week on tuesday um and so we're going to be limited spaces but i want to teach people how to have the experience of meditation because when you realize what you're actually doing and how to enter a little bit more stillness your natural energy shoots right back up and you tap into your natural well-being and that's where the magic is now that takes practice like playing an instrument or learning a language it is what i call soul brushing you brush your teeth every day you brush your soul every day why because you feel good and it keeps you well what's going to happen in that space in that stillness stillness is what you're going to get <laughs> and in that stillness that just starts to feed out into your day in drips like little little things begin to happen for you. You begin to see things a little bit more clearly than you did before. Things start to, to work out for you in new ways. You're like, so it's just really about learning people to get into a good habit of tapping into your natural well-being. And this is the best place to start. I have always found meditation hard. And I find it because I can't sit still. I can't, I don't know what to think about, if anything. And it's it's funny because when I do find myself chilling out and relaxing, it's actually when I'm doing exercise, whether it be swimming or running. And it's I don't know why it's because I'm thinking I've got nothing in front of me to distract me, maybe. But what I mean, is is it just down to the breathing? Like what is it about? Well, Jack, you're gonna have still. to come on my you're gonna have to come on my uh, learn how to meditate. I'd love to, love you've to. Got to come, you're gonna have to jump on there. It's only half an hour. And in that half an hour, I'm going to let you have your own experience. And everything that I teach is extremely, or everything that I share is extremely simple. But don't underestimate the power of simplicity. Because like I said, genius is the ability to focus on one single thing for an elongated period of time. So what I'm wanting to do is re remind you of your genius that you've forgotten about. And I'm wanting to remind each and every one of us listening of your genius that you've forgotten about. I want to help you tap into that. So you open new areas of your mind, you tap into this natural well-being. you feel better, you're activating those inner feel-good chemicals in your body, which know what to do to keep you super well. I mean, this is just, I mean, it's a bit of an, and you get happier and you get more peaceful. And yes, when challenges arise, you respond rather than react. You create rather than react. You know, you're always observing things in life. But when you observe the inner world, it creates this peace, this stillness, this well-being, this happiness that begins to just bubble up from within. I don't know how it works. I just experience it myself. And that's what I want other people to experience too. And so I've made it my mission to help as many people in the world who are wanting and asking the question, how can I live better to learn this skill? Because this skill is so simple, yet so powerful and the more of us that begin to sort of live in this space you create those thought forms that i was talking about when you go into a party and it feels really good i want to be there wouldn't it be nice that you know that by accessing this state of mind this state of well-being on a daily basis that you're helping people you care about because i care so much about the people i love and my friends i will make it a discipline not only for myself but to help others by making sure I access this space within myself. What if everyone had the discipline in the world to want to do that? Don't take the world on your shoulders, but take the win-win, which is when I do this, I feel really good. So that's got to be benefit to other people as well. And it's, it's exactly that. It's the discipline of being able to do it every single day because, you know, I, I, I'm going to speak purely for myself here, but I'm sure a lot of people resonate with this. It's all well and good starting a habit, starting a ritual, starting something that you, you know, that you'd want to keep up. But the discipline is, is doing it even when you know you don't want to, or you don't feel like doing it. And, and that's the hardest bit, isn't it? That sitting, whether it's going for a run or whether it's sitting and meditating, but doing, doing it on a day-to-day -day consistent basis allows you know, and allowing yourself to just just to, to get on with it and do it and feel it and, and experience the, the power that it has, I think it's the hardest bit. I don't think it's the actual process of meditating hey, itself. You've hit the nail right on the head. The hardest thing in the world is consistency because Joe Dispenza said this very, very well, actually. Uh, Joe Dispenza wrote a book called uh, Supernatural and Breaking the Habit of Being Yourself. 
and I'm, I, I met with Joe and, and saw him about 10 years ago. And he is a, uh, a doctor. He studies cells and things like that as well. And he's discovered that saying that when you are learning something, you're learning it from the mind. Once it becomes a habit, it's stored inside the body. So the reason why we like to do the things we've always done is because it's already locked in the body. It knows, like driving, for instance. You know how to drive. And it's locked in the body, but you had to learn several times how to drive and how to maneuver on the road before that became locked in in your body, right? That's it. So that becomes a habit locked in your body. But the initial thing means you have to use your mind so much to create that repetition, to create that sense of safety, certainty, and confidence in your ability to drive. Now, very much like meditation, or any habit that you're starting, whether it be learning a language, you have to use your mind to go, I'm going to do this. Why? <laughs> I'm doing this for the purpose of wanting to feel better. I'm wanting to feel good. I'm wanting to feel happy. I know that I've given myself enough reason that this has got to be a benefit for me. And also having the experience of going, I don't know where this is going to take me. That's what really lit me up. If I meditate every day, my meditation teacher, his name was Colin, and he goes, James, you're going to pay me for something and I'm going to teach you something that you do so naturally and it's going to give you the most profound benefits, but I can't tell you how and when they're going to show up for you. And I was like, oh, give me some certainty, please. I need some results because we always think if I do this, I'll get this. Of course. Um, but really, when you do this, you're going to get an emotional change. And also, when you do this, you're going to get a chemical change. And when you do this, your brain's going to open up and you're going to have better memory. And when you do this, your happiness levels and serotonin, oxytocin and dopamine is just going to shoot right up. And you're going to, and then you also may find yourself being drawn to new drinks and food that you never thought you would ever be interested in. And that's because of the chemical change in your body and all these feel-good things happen when you begin to quiet the mind and you let your natural vibration and frequency raise into natural well-being that's what's going to happen but i can't tell you how when why what but you've got to be at least curious enough to go if i did it and i did it for long enough i wonder what would happen to me because the greatest gift you'll ever find is what's inside it's not outside in that external world it's having that intuition isn't it it's having that intuition to believe that you can change the way you feel by doing something of a daily practice consistently every single day. It's like, as you said, the results driven mentality is unfortunately the way that, the, that we are, you know, it's you, you want to get something for something. And so if you were to pretend that meditation was like putting a pound in a jar every day, what would you have after doing 30 days of meditation? You'd have 30 pounds, you know, you'd have more money than when you started. So it's like, it's like that, you know, doing that daily, 10 minutes, five minutes, whatever it takes just to get your mind to a state where it's just calm, cool, collected. It will become easier as, as you get, as you get, as you go on through the month and then on, on through the year. But as you said, it's, it's, it's instilling that habit inside you. I think there's the, the rule of thumb is 21 days to form a habit, another 21 days to, to make it stick. And then 21, another 21 days after that to make sure it's, it's there for good. So what's that 60 odd days? Okay. So for me, in my process, I, I'm a bit different, man. So when I look at myself as my guinea pig in my own experience, I think that the scientists and the people who've come up with those stories of 21 days, etc., I think there's got to be some truth in that for some people. But for me, once I've done something for six months, then I know for sure I've locked it in because I want to know for sure I've locked it in because then my life is forever changed. And if you're experiencing a lot of stress right now, uh, you know, if you're experiencing a lot of, you know, trouble challenge, then this is exactly what you want to start learning how to do because this is the exact solution to that. But the thing is, is we've never been taught. We've never been taught necessarily by your parents. You're not being taught by school because it's not, you know, in the curriculum. And, you know, I'm trying to sort of debunk, um, the idea that it is, is too far out there or anything like that. You want to get inside. This is where the magic is. It's not out there. But once you get this um, centered space, this harmonious space, this feel-good space, this happier space, the outside world will reflect what's going on here. 
because it's your mood. When you feel good, good stuff happens. When you feel bad, bad stuff happens. Why is that? And that's because what you're focusing on and what your output, that's what you're sending out. And when you meditate, you feel, feel good. You feel better. You feel more clarity. You feel much more uh, well-being, natural state. Boom, that's your output. That's what's sending out. So you're going to mix it up and rendezvous with people and things that are on that frequency. So that's going to reduce your stress immediately because you're going to be going, wow, that's nice. That worked out. That worked out. That worked out. You know, for me going to the beach now, getting a parking space is just a done deal when it's all full. And this should be exactly the same for you. I want things to work out for you in ways you didn't even realize. And that really helps when you tap into this natural state of well-being that is just within you. That's all it is. It's simple. But it does take, as you say, that practice which is the hardest part, which is consistency. When it comes to consistency, what would you give somebody as a parting tip in terms of how could you start being as consistent as possible with this starting now? Well, you've got to have a why. What's your why? What's your why? Why do you want to do it? So for me, when I started, my why was, my life's not in the shape I want it to be. I feel like I've got addictive behaviors that are not really helping me. You know, I don't know if I'm happy or depressed. Um, you know, I feel like I'm completely out of control. Um, or it could be, you know, so that was me, but that was probably a bit more, you know, a bit more serious for, for, for than maybe some of your listeners. But for you, it might be I've got a lot of stress. I want to see if there's another way of living. For me, I've got kids or, you know, like, you know, I've got, I've got, I've got my, my head's hurting. I've got headaches. I've got migraines. I've got, you know, tight shoulders. I've, you know, I just need something different from what I'm doing. I need to have something to invest in myself and a new skill to learn. So if your why is like, I'm too stressed and I want to find a new way that can work, which isn't detrimental to my health anymore, which is how I used to think then this is a great way. So first find out what your why is. And if your why is strong enough, then that's great. But if, it, if your why is not strong enough to remain consistent, then I would say this is going to probably sound really bad, but I'm going to say it anyway. You need to experience a bit more pain because when the pain is too much, you will move to possibility. But if you're not experiencing enough pain yet, you won't move to possibility. And that's always what I'm wanting to share with people, possibility. Because that's where I was. I had to feel my pain. And then I was like, this pain has got too much now. I'm too sensitive now. This pain's overwhelming. I need to find a new way. And when the meditation, which was the first thing that I could think of, sorry, that was come to me as a solution, I thought, well, I've never heard of this and I don't know what it is. I really ought to try it. So I went in deep and did 20 minutes twice a day. Now, I'm not asking people to do that. I'm just asking people if you want to to get the ball rolling, start small and gather momentum because law of attraction is momentum. So if you did a little habit and you did five minutes and you did five minutes tomorrow and get the ball rolling and maybe in a week you can get it to 10 minutes and then maybe get it to 15 and you're on 15 happy days. It's all about just getting the ball rolling, start small and allow it to grow. It's all about the why. You've inspired me. I am missing my swimming at the moment because swimming pools are closed. So I am desperate to get myself into a place where I'm calming the mind. And I, I find reading helps me a little bit, but even then my mind wanders in all different, different directions. So that's it. My momentum, my men, momentum is going to start today. I'm going to do my five minutes today. And then in a week's time, I'm going to come and do your course. And hopefully that will up me to 10 minutes. And then who knows by the end of the year, I'll be doing 15 and then I'll be, I'll be in a good place. So, so Jack, I'm just going to give you a little tip here for you. So I remember last year when we spoke, we, you, we talked about the passive meditation, which is kind of like what I'm sharing with you now, which is sitting still in the silence. And then there's an active meditation. There's two different types. Meditation is just focusing on one thing for long and long periods of time. And that is amazing. But sitting still is effective because it starts to produce these chemicals inside the body which help you tap into your natural state which keeps you well for very very long periods of time i haven't had an aspirin in 17 years put it that way do you know what i mean i've not needed any outside external chemicals or anything like that so if you are are you when we spoke last time there are three different types that we are visual 
auditory and kinesthetic. Kinesthetic means you're feeling. Auditory means that you like to hear things, obviously. And visual means that you need that visual stimulus. Now, I, all of us have a blend of all three. But there's one that's usually just a little bit more standoutish than the other. So if you know what that is, I'm going to give you a little tip today before you come into the class next week. I do remember doing that with you. And interestingly, I have got a feeling that I am more of a, I love listening to music and you and I both share the love of deep melodic trance music as well. So that mm. does help me like the engine deep big up to Amazing. those guys. Amazing. Amazing. Absolutely incredible uh, producers. That stuff gets me into a really Zen space. But then okay. saying that watching a candle flicker, or watching uh, a, a fire burn or a sea crash again can yeah. do the same thing. But then that's also auditory because you can hear the crackling. You can hear the sound. So maybe yeah. it's auditory. So so maybe it's auditory. Mm. Okay. I'm just thinking about the swimming as well for you as well because you like to be immersed in the water. So for me, yeah. But the, but the, swimming, the swimming is also the sound because actually sound. it is the sound because when I swim, I can't hear anything other than just the swishing of the water in an, and that in itself is quite soothing because when I run, I run with music or with podcasts or whatever it might be. So I'm, lis I'm listening to that and I also I zone out. So let's, let's go with auditory. I'm an auditory. Oh, you're an auditory guy. Okay. Yeah. So, so what I would recommend for you, for you, um, and then for the listeners, we're, you know, I'm going to do it another seven day course of seven different ways to meditate basically. And it depends on each one of you about what your main, um, you know, what your main, uh, what's the sense is. Um, and then I've got some other things of which to do because all it is, it's just about the, the result or the ending outcome you want to be able to do is just touch this silence, touch this stillness. And you might get there for 10 seconds, but if you get there for 10 seconds, that is good enough. Because sometimes I do a 20 minute meditation and I've had 15 to 10 seconds of pure stillness. And I know that because of that 10 seconds, I've tapped in. And that's all I needed to do, just tap in. Oh, I'm in, all right, good. And that was enough for that 20 minutes, right? So, but within the five minutes, so what I would recommend for you is because you say, you say that you're auditory, put on some ocean sounds for five minutes and make sure that they're very gentle. I actually have one I can send you, right? Please do. So I'll send it to you on WhatsApp. And then with that, you can just listen to the sound and then just notice the sound of the ocean. That is it. Even if I just say that again, I'll say that. Notice the sound of the ocean. Right there, just in that split second, you've entered a state of meditation just because there's a space between spaces. So between the lapse of going in on the ocean and going out, there's a space. That's where you want to enter. But I'll talk about this more in the course next week. But for the purpose of your good self, just to get five minutes going, we'll just have a uh, listen to some ocean waves. That will do give you a chance to just ease down and allow your natural energy to rise. I love that. I I hundred percent want to do that. I've tried calm headspace insight timer all these other apps and I, i'll be honest they don't work for me anyway uh, you, you come to the right person mate you come to the right person i'm just trying to put a a, a different spin on everything that i've learned. i've done over for 17 years i've done over twelve thousand meditations that's a lot of meditations so in that time i've learned how i work and if you know how you work as a human being then you understand how we all work and and I'm just trying to be able to talk to us on different levels so that it works for you. And whoever's listening, we want to find a way that works for you specifically and tailor it for you because what works for everyone is not going to be the same. So when you understand what your senses are and we, we tailor them for you, you're going to get the best outcomes. You tap into your natural well-being. Happier, healthier people around the planet. It's a good place to live in. And those strategies will serve you for the rest of your life because yeah, they'll never, never get old it's great and you brush your teeth every day you want to, you're going to want to do this every day why because it's going to keep you well it's going to keep you happier and it's going to help you be um able to respond to life when something crops up and you'll be like okay i'll, I'll find a new way about looking at this and it does take time but it's so worth it i love that james 
This has been amazing. I have always and always will love chatting to you because you bring such an amazing energy to the to the conversation, but also so insightful about stuff that I think a lot of people wonder about, but don't necessarily know a lot about. So thank you for sharing all of your knowledge and insight today with me. And uh, where where can people find out more about first of all the course, about you, about anything else you're up to, your your podcast? Where where can people go? Give us the give us the lowdown. Okay. So first and foremost, I'm on social media. I'm on Facebook at James Granstrom, G-R-A-N-S for sugar, T-R-O and M for magic. Uh, that's a Swedish surname. And then the same again at James Granstrom on Instagram. Follow me on there. Check out my stories. I always plant some nature pictures. Uh, nature videos every day of beautiful oceans and things like that with a little quote to inspire you so you drop into that stillness because if you're practicing little pockets of stillness your brain and your well-being is just like i said like i've been saying all on this show you're just going to feel better more and more so I'm, i'm always an advocate of nature and always an advocate of meditation you can find me on um also on youtube at james granstrom facebook instagram twitter and then on the on my website, you can sign up and get a free meditation with me, which is also at jamesgranstrom.com. Now, that's under construction at the moment. But within the next week, what I'm going to have on here on Instagram, so if you find me on there and follow me, um, I'm going to give links um, towards my free meditation class, which you can sign up for. Fantastic. All right. I will put everything you just mentioned in the show notes below uh, and link everything I can to uh, to your new course. And I'm, I'm sure there's going to be lots of people interested in signing up to that because I'm going to be there. And if anyone else isn't, then you're going to be missing out on an amazing opportunity. So, James. So, yeah, we'll, we'll, do, we'll, we'll do one. And then, you know, on I want to make sure that we get the right amount of people so it's not over it's not overkill because I want to make sure that you get that you get the information. So, I might just split it up and do another one in a month later or something like that because I, I really feel that this is something that's going to help a lot of people. So so if you missed the first one, don't worry, we'll get you on another one. Okay, but you're just going to make sure you're going to have to sign up for it. Sounds right? good. James, as always, it's been an absolute pleasure chatting to you, my friend, and I look forward to catching up with you in person, hopefully very soon when you fly back from the sunny, sunny Spain coast. Um, but, mate, it's been a pleasure. And, uh, yeah, thanks again for joining me on the show. Big love, mate. Thank you very much.